kind of that you can okay. not see very well. It's like sure, right sure. along here at the bottom. Is it is it in is it on the back side of the chair or the front side of the chair? The pillow? Yeah. Like so, okay, is is it resting on your back or is it resting on the mesh? It's resting on the mesh. Cool. So that's it's what like I like. not detachable. Yes, yeah, I and love the mesh that. is super breathable and the, the seat is yeah. pretty f- soft and the armrests yeah, yeah, these yeah. are actually like foam. Whereas in my other chair they were like they were like covered they were like a layer of thin foam covered like plastic and so they weren't really like soft to rest my arms on. So these are way better. I like that a lot. Um and I love my new headphones, the ear pads. These are the Steel Series Arctis Sevens. Uh, and they, they, the padding is just so nice. Like they completely cover my whole ear. Um, but they're like this soft, like microfiber material instead of that, like pleather stuff that a lot of headphones use to like dampen sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're mm-hmm. very far off of my ears. There's no pressure on my ears directly. Nice. Whereas my last pair of headphones did have that. So that was obnoxious. Um, I haven't tried the microphone yet really, but, um, for the sound quality, they seem really nice. They're really comfortable, which is what I care about. They rest very lightly and easily on my head, which is great. Um, and then obviously my 32-inch 165 hertz monitor continues to be pleasant. Oh, dude, so good. How, what have you been gaming on so far? Anything uh, uh, exciting? Neo, Neo, but the damn thing oh. caps caps out at 60 FPS because oh. the port is garbage. I just bought Neo 2 today for 10 bucks at Best Rats. Buy. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Neo is kicking my ass, man. It's just like, it's so different to any other game I've ever played. Like even yeah. Dark Souls, it's very different. So like learning. Are you further than where we got? Y- yes, but barely. Like I'm in the yeah. second level. Okay. Yeah. We were like almost done with the first level. Yeah. And and honestly, like I spent a long time on that first level, just like trying different weapons, mm-hmm. deciding what moveset I wanted to use and adopt mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So yeah. yeah, but I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm happy with it, and I am um, feeling pretty comfy. The new WoW expansion came out like a couple days ago, and I haven't bought that yet, but I'm thinking about it just because it seems like the last time they did a new expansion, like in a new lore area, it was actually really good. Um, and since then, they've just kind of been like re reviving old shit that like, uh... needs to die, right? Um, so I'm excited about that, and I'm super excited about getting the PS4 and thinking about, like, Advent Children and Bloodborne. So between those four things on my plate right now and just, like, in my, like, in my, uh, I guess, what's it called? When when you have a simp, he's in your uh, orbit. Those things in my, like, mental mm, creative orbit yes. are getting me, like, really hyped. So I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm feeling pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Things are good. Got my Xbox back from the shop. They didn't charge me anything for it. Nice. So that's super exciting. By the mm-hmm. way, we're recording already, just in case you want to know. Yeah, I don't want to say anything too obnoxious to anybody. Um. Uh. Yeah, they didn't charge. They're just like, leave a review. They're like, we had a blast playing the <laughs> your Series X. So let's you can just take it home. Like we, have, <laughs> your your payment is our fun playing it. Well, awesome. Because like. All they like, they took it apart and cleaned it out, and I think they enjoyed looking at because it's the first one they've worked on. Looking at new hardware, mm-hmm. getting able to like get their hands on and clean it out, and then just like they took like a day and a half to like run it through like the grind and like powerhouse everything. That's awesome, man. So it's all it's looked good. I, mean, I haven't played anything about Madden on it yet since I've been editing and just doing other stuff. I've been missing Madden for the last week, so I needed to get my team. By the way, um, our team is in the AFC Championship game playing against the Chiefs this week. 
Congratulations. We just beat the Ravens by a single touchdown, 49 to 42. It was a great game. Close game, yeah. Back and forth until the middle fourth quarter, and I stopped them, and I took a 15-point lead. (laughs) Congratulations, dude. So That's an impressive comeback. Um, yeah, it was great. It was, it was, it was, it was a good game. You drinking anything? I'm drinking blueberry and, um, vanilla vodka, which. That sounds really nice, actually. It actually is. I wouldn't think it is, but it's actually really nice. Are you drinking? Yeah. Like, you know, let's, let's intro to the podcast and then okay. we'll get over All our right. drinks. Let's and get, then... let's get formal, everybody. Here we let's go. Get, let's get going here. In case you haven't been listening for the last few minutes, this is Infinite Pulp. <laughs> <laughs> My no way. name is Aaron. Uh, I'm Max. Hello, everybody. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's starting to, starting to kick. Yep. Okay. We're starting to feel good. All right. I am drinking blueberry vanilla well blueberry lemonade with vanilla vodka in it nice it's very good what do you what are you drinking i am drinking southern comfort vanilla spice eggnog spiked with bourbon Ooh. and heated up so it's it's oh. warm and boozy and comforting you're just skipping over thanksgiving and going right to christmas i love yeah, it. yeah man it's i i, it's, I definitely it, am it's my preferred uh my preferred holiday uh thing to do is skip over thanksgiving and go straight to christmas i've been watching <laughs> christmas movies nonstop like all month as soon as Halloween was over, I was like, all right, I got one week left of thought of horror movies, and then I'm out. Yeah. And uh, I've been doing just Christmas movies. So I can tell you, if you ever want to know all the Christmas movies on Netflix, I've seen most of them now. And yeah, we're, we're going through a lot of them, too. We do like we drink a lot, and we about how bad they are. So what, what, what's the most recent one you watched? Uh, I watched Christmas in the Wild this morning. Wasn't that shockingly good? It was like, shockingly good. I was good. very impressed. I expected it so to be like- good. So here, here are my vo- votes for like best Netflix movies that you need to like get on watching. Christmas Inheritance. I quite a bit. I, I like that one quite a bit. Christmas in the Wild is great. Um, the Princess Switch, the first one, is really good. Definitely mm-hmm. give that one a try. And then. Um, Let's see here. I really enjoyed another one the other day. What was it? It was oh, surprisingly so good. And it wasn't a Netflix like created movie. It was a like a like a made for TV movie that just happens to be on Netflix. I'll have to look it up and tell you because it, it's it's it was it was great. Well, what have you guys been enjoying so far? Um, we thought the Christmas Inheritance was hilarious and fun. Oh yeah, um, but also like really bad. Oh, for like, sure. A white woman, a white, a white yuppie woman sees a poor man get get tipped, and it changes her life. It's like, oh, on. it's bad, but like hilarious and fun for sure. Like, I, I want to preface that all of these movies are are pretty bad. I just quite a bit. I can the ones I'm telling you, are the ones I quite a bit enjoy, except for the Christmas Chronicles. Anything you put Kurt Russell in, I'm in. Yeah, we haven't seen the first one of those yet, so I'm pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to. It's 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 terrific. <laughs> I want to pop just you out. I don't want to see myself anymore. But you're worth seeing. There we go. That's what I like to see. Sometimes. Sometimes. Anything else besides... Uh, so Christmas in the Wild, obviously, it was great. I mean, you put Rocky in something, good. though. Like, yeah, I was I'm impressed, like, though, that he did a good job. Like, I'm, I've seen him in a lot of roles, and in most of the roles, he's the same character that he, he was is. in Parks it, and Rec, right? Yep. He's very friendly and warm and... This well, was the first time I'd seen him as kind of a cooler, more withdrawn character, and I really enjoyed his performance. He's, he's definitely um, – he, he doesn't have a lot of different ways to deliver things a lot of times. 
Mm-hmm. So like his delivery and cadence is a lot of times the same. Um, cause mm-hmm. there's definitely a few like lines in there where I was just like, Oh yeah, that's like, pull, that's, that, that's Rob Lowe, you know, mm-hmm. which is fair. I mean, but I like, I, I like him a lot and, and, um, you should check out just his character. Don't, you don't have to go through all of it, but I don't know if you got up to the point in Californication where his character entered in, but he is like, you could just tell that he's the exact opposite of Parks and Rec and like mm-hmm. intentional, you know, like this needs to be like not Rob Lowe, Parks and Rec. So he's like the exact opposite of the spectrum. <laughs> it, it's it's a really fun role for him. Um, I, I like it quite a bit. Definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah, I'll definitely um, look into that. I haven't I haven't watched a lot of that. I watched the first like season and a half and I just got so frustrated with the fact that his character didn't change. Didn't want no, to change. No, he doesn't. Had no, he, no real arc to speak of. Was just like an ass, right? Just he, an ass he, for the sake of being an ass. And that was really tiresome for me. He's a continual. Like, he messes up so much. And his family and friends should not forgive him as much as they do. Like, you just, like, it's all his own fault. And he needs to drop it. And you you can't have so many episodes that are centered around, I promise you, it's not my fault. But I'm going to get in trouble for this anyways. But, mm-hmm. like, it's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. Right. You know, and it's just like the way they build the episodes is like, yeah, I could see how you didn't really technically do anything wrong, but you're like you were still there and still could have like done something, you know? Right. So um, I went, that was a time when I, I don't know, man, I quite a bit, I, I watched all of it and I was pretty saddened about the last two seasons, but everything up until then I felt like was good. He eventually does like turn a corner and, and, and you know, get his act together and stuff, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It just takes seven episodes or seven seasons to do it. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but you're absolutely spot on with like the assessment of it, which is why we have you on the, on the show. You know, <laughs> we're not well, playing a game. To, how are you doing? This is very low key. We're about to get wild here in a second. So I think I'm going to like, we're low key in the first half of this because like, as soon as we start talking about the level we have of this topic, it's going to get, it's going to get wild. Yeah. It's going to get wild. Yeah. And I think, I think Christmas movies on Netflix are a good way to start off. Um, the most recent one we watched was Operation Christmas Drop, which was the most masturbatory American military like, yes. self-congratulatory experience that we've ever <laughs> it was. seen. I didn't hate that movie um, other than like that aspect of it. I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was but, like like Transformers, you know, it's just like, oh, the military. Uh. But like at the same time, like. If they actually are doing that, which actually, I mean, it's a thing that they do. It is very cool to highlight that. I think they could just highlight it in a different way, probably, mm-hmm. because what they are doing is a very cool thing, is it not? Like, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's like I'm sure that those people could do with like more utilitarian and useful things like infranet infrastructure and like you know, like accommodations rather than, you know, rice and food and stuff. And just, I, I don't know. It's all very like white people giving, giving, dropping presents to brown waving children. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree um, with you on that at all. I, I, I wonder though how nefarious it actually is though. I want to talk to the people getting the gifts to really figure, you know, like before I'm, I'm, I'm labeling it as like the movie for sure. Propaganda, hundred percent. What the military is actually doing, I don't want to pass judgment on that yet. Yeah, yeah I think that's where I'm at with it. Um, I, I, I mean, I watched so many of them. So many. Is it Christmas with the Chef? What is it? I have to tell you. I have to tell you what it is because I thought it was lovely. 
and um, I want to know. Um, movie with this is not. This is going to give me like a Christmas with a view. I watched that one. Have you guys seen that one yet? I don't think so. Okay, it's not one of the ones that are classified as a Netflix movie, but it's on Netflix. Um, check it out. I I I liked it. You know, it, it's it's not it's not terrible. It is a bare bones, super basic, like minimal plot level uh, <laughs> Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. But I I I I enjoyed it. I don't know. I thought it was good. And so um, I haven't I've been watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation a lot. I've seen that three times over the last few days. I've been watching Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. I've been watching Fred Claus. I've seen the Santa Claus a few times. I started Santa Claus 2 last night, but I um, definitely fell asleep during it and had to turn it off. I went to bed early last night, like at 10. Yeah. I didn't sleep very well throughout the night either. So sorry. It's all right. It happens. Um, but we are starting today because we are talking a lot about movies and Christmas movies and that kind of stuff because as we announced last week, the first several, several weeks, even months, as you could say, next year is going to be our, uh, Star Wars podcast. Essentially, we're turning away from infinite pulp to, uh, infinite pulp percent Star Wars. Let's talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Infinite, infinite cosmos. (laughs) <laughs> Cosmos, yeah. And so it's changing into a uh, straight up Star Wars review podcast. And the reason I wanted to talk today is we're going to talk about Casino Royale because you know what we thought? We might as well do a review for you before we get into our Star Wars one to see if we're any good at it um, and to get some practice. And so, mm-hmm. because honestly, it doesn't matter if we're good at it, we're still doing the Star Wars thing. So we, we might as well just try to get as much practice as possible on this. <laughs> so. It's happening. So we're actually not playing the game this week, um, and that's because Max has officially won for the year, but we are continuing to play it. This week, yeah. though, I'm actually watching Casino Royale because I want to watch it as I'm talking about it to help me out with it. Sure. And so, um, Well, that's the plan is I thought we were going to do a watch and talk. Do you want to do a commentary again? I'm I thought that's that. what the plan was. I thought we, we were – I just assumed. Oh, well, let's, let's stop for a second because I'm How down far for are you? That. I'm, I'm no, no, no. I just, I literally just started. Okay. Um, I'm hundred percent in for, for a uh, watch and talk. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Cause it's on Hulu, right? Like it's it, okay. I have it on Netflix. So do you want to watch it on Netflix or Hulu? Which one should it, we watch it, it on? I don't think it matters. Uh, I've got it on both. Let me pull up Netflix then. Okay. So what I was planning on doing was more of a watch it and review kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like we should watch it separately and then talk about it. And not necessarily do a watch and talk, mm-hmm. but I, I, I mean, I'd rather do a watch and talk. Obviously, it's so much easier to do a watch and talk than just to sit there and talk about a movie that you're not currently watching. <laughs> That's true. That's and very so, true. So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna do a watch and talk, and you know what? We're just gonna do two Bond movies in a row. This is just how it is. You got Bond a couple weeks ago, and we're doing Bond again with Casino Royale. So we're turning into a Bond uh, a commentary podcast, which is fine. I love this movie, and I absolutely am excited to watch this with you now. Yeah, and we're not fanboys at all about James Bond, so it's not like you're going to hear a lot of trivia or stuff like that. Oh, or the extensive amount of notes that I've been taking because I thought I wasn't going to be able to watch this as I was talking about it. Yeah, no, you're not going to see any of those at all. Mm -mm. Okay, so I'm at the very beginning. Do you want to just start from where Netflix says start? Yeah, so what we're doing is watching on Netflix right now. If you don't have Netflix... um. You're going to have to find us because this is the best way for us to do it right now. It's just to hit play at the start of Netflix. Um, 
So if you don't have it, um, it's literally like right before the line comes in. And so, uh, or should we do the second line roar again? Just so other folks who, if they aren't watching it on Netflix, can I watch it with us? that makes sense. I mean, it's a pretty like constant motif, right? Like we've oh, done they're it. all, they're all produced by MGM. Yeah. So yeah, let's do that again. Right after the second roar. Okay. I'm at seven seconds on Netflix. Cool. Me too. All right, folks, let's let's get into it. I'm so excited about this. Um, I'm definitely going to probably bounce out of the podcast for a hot second, um, maybe like 20 minutes into this, and I'm going to get right myself another drink. Um, do what you got to do. That's what the that's what the delete button is for in the audio revision. <laughs> so, um, so we'll, we'll definitely do that. And I'm actually going to I'm going to uh, I need to move myself around just a hot bit. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to push my TV back so I have a better view of it. Um, or I could wa- no, I'll watch it on my TV. That's fine. I'd rather watch it on my TV anyways. Sweet. So, okay. We're at the second rule. Uh, if you're on Netflix, it's at seven seconds. This is so exciting guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, we're at the second line roar. If you're at, um, it's just right at the end of the second line. He should like barely have his mouth open. He should be leaning towards your right, his own left. And we are going to start it on three like we do that while we're not trying to guess what the four is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so let's get started. Let's do this. So we're not we're not taking up. I'm sorry, Max. I started this so much later than I expected. You're fine, man. Let's do it. All right. One. One, two, two. three. I love that it starts in black and white too, man. Like from Me the very too. beginning, they're setting right, the scene. Just to check. I'm at 14, 15, 16. How are you? Uh, I don't have my finger on the cursor and it, it doesn't tell me. I've just got the little... Here, hold on. Yeah, I'm there with you. 29, 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I love the way this thing starts. So what do you think about this cold open? I think it's the best cold open of all the Bonds. Do you think there's it's, a better cold open than this? It's definitely one of them for sure. Yeah, it's for sure top three. I was trying to think the other day of what the other best cold opens could be. And I love that this starts in black and white of like, before he gets his double O status, his world is like black and white, and then it goes to color once he gets mm-hmm. his double O status. It's so good. A little bit of facts at the beginning of this for you guys, um, because a lot of this is is visual, not so much um, – like the words are important, but they're more kind of jokes, kind of gimmicky stuff. This is more visual opening. Um, so this is Daniel Craig's very first Bond movie. Um, the director was Martin Campbell. And the writers will Neil Purvis and Wade. And we'll get back to Purvis and Wade in a second because they are they've written a lot of Bond movies and we can't quite tell why some of them are so terrible and some of them are so good. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it's Purvis or if it's Wade or if it's somebody else like who helps out. But Martin Campbell also directed Goldeneye. So he 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 took over and he kind of rebooted the franchise with Goldeneye and he rebooted it with Casino Royale. Um he's done some cool stuff. He did Vertical Limit, but he also did Green Lantern. So I mean Goldeneye, Casino Royale, and Green Lantern. You know, so. What else did he do? Did he do anything else? He did the Mask of Zorro as well? Even even from this first scene, like, I just think it's so important to establish the tone of oh, the fights. And the awareness that that is so, like, brutal. And, it is. And, and visceral. It's such a departure from where we were at with Chris Brosnan, like, five years before this movie came out, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, it's so good. And that little line where he, uh, 
Mm-hmm. And I remember the hubbub at the time, like people were not happy about the idea of having a blonde play Bond. No. And, and I had he did aunt. such a good job. He did the great. And he's not like, it's funny because his hair gets like progressively a tiny bit darker every single film. Like the next mm-hmm. film, it's a little bit darker and Skyfall's a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so this is part coming up where he talks about um, how did he die? And the guy in the, you know, Bond says not well. Mm-hmm. I, for the longest time, could not figure out what he was talking about there. Like, I don't know if they up the audio at all a little bit, but I thought he said in a well or in yeah. well, which was like the fact that he died drowning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took me like three or four watches to figure out he actually says not well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's one of the things that I think hallmarks Daniel Craig's performances is like not just the understatedness of his dialogue, but like the tension that you see in his face as he mm-hmm. quote unquote like experiences things. Yes. Right. Like it's so real. You see the fight happening uh, inside I, of him. I, I love it that he's like, okay, he says, ah. I got to be quiet for just a second real quick. I love this part. This is like my favorite mm-hmm. gun intro. Because mm. not only is it him, but it's in context of the scene. that It is. And it's so much better than we used to get. Like we used to just get like standard, like him walking across. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So really, you know, this is a, a bittersweet um, opening for me because it's. Yes. Um, this is one of my favorite intros of the entire series. It's so like, so good. It's it's, a, it's probably top three. It might even be top. Yeah, it has a the song very, is so good. The song is good. It has a point. Like the the uh, visuals go exactly what the movie is about. Yes, you know, there's so many times where the visuals have nothing to do with the vi- like with like what Bond is doing in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just um, that's not Martin Campbell. What's his name? Oh, I know the guy who does all the visuals for this until until this one. Uh, I just love that it. it's like also not just a bunch of naked women, right? Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I adore naked women, but it's so fun to see something different. No, it really is. Because this movie, while you do have like that one throwaway Bond girl at the beginning um, or kind of towards the end of the first act, you really have it's really it's Vesper and it's not really your traditional mm-hmm. Bond girl, which I really like that they didn't like focus on just you're right a bunch of naked women and it's so good i love the art style it's like super hot yeah it wasn't too much longer after this too that um chris cornell passed away and so this was one of his final songs that he did which was really really awesome interesting not awesome that he you know passed away for sure but like Chris Cornell passed away not too long after he did this. So I think he put out another album after this and then he, and then he passed, passed away after that. Yeah. It's good, man. I really like it. I it like really it. is. Do you think that guy right there, that blonde guy in the suit was supposed to represent Blofeld in like a weird way? Like he's bl- like this bald white dude in like a gray suit. Maybe. I Just think, like- I think you could read it that way, but I think it's also very possible when you love something so much to read too much into it. Yes, absolutely. 100%. My, that's, when I texted you the night uh, that I wanted to do this, I was watching this movie and I was just like, I want to talk about this. Yes. Yep. Yep. I want to talk about this because it's just such a pivotal movie for Bond. It mm-hmm. completely reboots the franchise in a way that I love some aspects of it because I love what you're talking about earlier with the, um, 
immediately you find out this is going to be a little more grounded. Your this bond is not going to be silly um, for this one as much as he usually is. And, and right. it, it, I love that for part of the reason. And I, I, you know, Bond also I think excels when he's really silly. But it kind of depends on what Bond it is. Like Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore. They can get away with that silliness, you know. Mm-hmm. Timothy Dalton really can't get away with that. It looks kind of hokey w- when he does it. And so, ah, uh, his baby blues are probably one of the greatest baby blues we have on the planet right now. Those <laughs> eyes are just so great. And I love this opening scene, and this dude is just chilling here, playing a pinball machine, like running the terrorist organization, but like has a pinball machine set up, like still having fun. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we're not there to that scene yet. There it is. Mr. White in the background is just like, okay, come on. This guy's still playing pinball. What are we got doing here? Okay, I want you to notice here. He snaps this one off, right? He doesn't do anything else with it, with that other soda. And he sits down and watch. He just flicks it off with his thumb. Like, we're yeah. supposed to assume that he's that strong just to, like, flick off a, a bottle. Mm-hmm. This was the very first thing I've ever seen Mads Mikkelsen in. Yeah. And just like, I fell in love with him immediately. Mm-hmm. And now we have, we have Zaz making an entrance. Because <laughs> both, I think, Daniel Craig and Mads Mikkelsen really excel at limited dialogue and like their facial expressions of showing like you what you're there going through. Mm-hmm. And that makes it like... The, the fight between the two of them, especially in the poker scene, makes it really cool. Sometimes when you're watching these without like the sound on as high as you usually have it, like <laughs> the stare off between him and the terrorist, that was just. I like it. It just humanizes both of them I, so I much. Like, absolutely both agree. of them are very dangerous and also very human. Right. And I love that he was like, there's not going to be, he's like, no risk. And Mads is like, I absolutely agree. But like, they're shorting the, the like stock on this company, which is like, shorting and longing stock is like, what are the most risky things you can possibly do with stock? And he's just like, no, nah, there's no risk. Don't worry it's about fine. it. I got your money. <laughs> like he's just immediately known as like, all right, I'm going to lie to you about this. And like, mm-hmm. I, it's so much confidence. And here we have Ricky Tiki Tavi and what he's doing now. <laughs> It's been a long time since I've seen this movie. I'm excited to watch this again. Good. (laughs) 
So what I think is so important about this entire sequence here is Bond has just proved to be like a superior agent to this other guy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you got to do this. Bond throughout the first, you know, 20 films, you know, 22 films before this one came about. Um, just he's so good at everything. Jack of all trades. He can like do everything. He knows everything. And it's like you can just every time time M asks him something, he's just like, oh, yeah, that's this and this and this and this. And you're like, mm-hmm. how does he know so much? And I love this entire sequence. Because I think it immediately shows you that this is not like a Bond who's going to be good at absolutely everything he does. Yeah. Because, like, look at that. Like, right there. Like, you know, like, he would have been better at parkour if this movie was made in the 80s than this guy is. And I love that they're showing that this guy's better than him. But, like, he's still going to, like, get He's belligerent. He's persistent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a quality of Bond that doesn't get shown off enough. But, like, it really is shown here. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, you immediately get to see his arrogance. Like, yeah. the fact that he, like, I'm just not going to move. Like, y- you can I'll, shoot at me. I know this. Like, he knows the glass is not going to break, but. And the subtlety, too. Like, the awareness that in that first scene where he was telling the guy, like, be subtle. Like, the idea that I'm not an action hero. I'm a spy. Right? Right. And then everything goes sideways and he finally has to get his hands dirty and he'll do literally whatever it takes. Yeah. And just, like, reinforcing that, like. He, he just this whole sequence is showing off that he's not an action ser- hero mm-hmm. like he's but he's still going to like get the job done and yeah. i love that aspect of the daniel craig bond i think it really comes mm-hmm. out yeah and like even moments like that where he whaps his chest against the iron bar and like takes a minute because he's like ow uh-huh. right just little things like mm-hmm. that i have one issue with this no no not this movie i think this movie is edited beautifully i have a big issue with how quantum of solace is edited but like this movie is edited super well Interesting. Um, we should watch Quantum at some point and talk about that too, because I like Quantum is one of my favorite Craig movies, if not my so, favorite. I got a proposition for you. We, you really can't, to, in my mind, I think Quantum and Casino Royale are kind of the same movie, just part one and part two. Mm-hmm. And like, so we we could revisit Quantum real soon because I think I think it is important to, to to visit Quantum after this movie quickly. Okay. Um, so so we'll, we'll definitely see if I can get somebody else in on it who wants to watch it with us. But we'll we'll definitely do one soon. Good. This may be my favorite action sequence of the whole movie. Like this little section on top of the crane. Gosh, I love that so much. Yeah. It's silly. It, it just reminds me of Big Trouble in Little China mm-hmm. and like the ending of that movie. And so every single time it's just like, ugh.
Just do you have do you have any issue with like the like other the, than the, the, line, fact that the it, obvious line work in that scene? Yeah. No. <laughs> or just no. like the fact that like this guy is doing all of this stuff and he's not getting like tired, you know? But he is well, running. He's running for his life. So I think adrenaline's probably kicking in a little bit here. Yeah, the adrenaline is very real, oh. and I think it's a component that you don't always like address. And that's ridiculous, by the way. I love that scene. That so scene much. is just like this is not Pierce Brosnan. Like no. that was the point in the movie mm-hmm. where they're like Pierce would not have done this. Yeah. He would have looked at him running through that, and the next scene you would have seen Pierce like walk around the corner, like mm-hmm. you know. Like, how did he get there? What? Yeah, I, I love that part of this. We're just like, yeah. no, this is. Agreed. No, I think it's I think it's really just like. It's proof that these guys are it, it makes them feel more professional to me. Like, this is what this is what the cream of the crop on the good guy side and the bad guy side do. Right. Is yeah. they have the cardio skills to do this. Right. You're not just looking for like the guy from Jurassic Park, the chubby guy who's the programmer and can fill the can, you need like, you need like someone who can get the job done when things go sideways. And I think a lot of times that means having the physical stamina to do that. And Mm -hmm. I like that in this a lot. Even like the little bumps that you see him having as he rides along on the back of the van, like just the little, the little gritty moments that make it feel tangible. I turned the subtitles on, so I may be a little different than you, but I think I fixed it. I'm pretty sure we're, we're around the same place. I want to know what he says um, at the very end of the scene. I think the subtitles translate it. No, they do. But my my issue is the – I think – I th- I always thought he said, um, like, give him to me or, like, you'll see. I'll show you. And I want to see what he says. Mm. Some of the audio in this is not the easiest to hear. I don't know why, man. This complex reminds me a lot of uh, The Rock when they're like in that shootout with all the different rooms and like, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? Like all these different windows are breaking. (laughs) Subtle. Uh, let him go is what it translates to. Oh, okay. Wait, did I miss that? No, I, it's not in these subtitles. I just remembered it. Oof. All right, he just jumped over the wall. Are we close? Like, he's looking through the backpack now for me. Yeah, you got ahead of me somehow. Okay, I'll pause. Don't worry. No, I'm good. I'm good. He just pulled out the phone. 
Now he's checking. It says ellipsis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. We're on track we're, again. We're on track. We're in the same place. Classic Bond. Women coming out of the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's just like... You gotta have it in a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Halle Berry, I think, is the best woman coming out of the uh, the ocean and died under the day. That just like they spent time on that shot. <laughs> it was it was a great shot. My friend and I to this day still like motion around to it and like make fun of it all the time. It's such a ridiculous place. Yeah, I still love Domino. Domino is still up there for me. Domino's great. My favorite Bond girl, I think, is Vesper, and we'll get to it in a second. And why I mm-hmm. think she's the best. I really love the foreshadowing and connections they do in this movie in Act 1, too. Like the camera that they focused on in the embassy and now him playing poker. Like, oh, this is it. This is great. This is my favorite. This is my favorite thing about this whole movie, man. The product placement in this movie is outrageous. It is so good. Like, you could clearly see this as a Sony movie. Like, they focus on whenever it says Sony Vio or Sony Mm -hmm. Ericsson. Like... And like Bond drives a Ford Fiesta to the to the club in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's great! Did you ever watch Rome on HBO? No. That guy who's walking next to M right now, he plays Brutus in Rome. Yeah, and he's he's in um, Outlander. He's in yes. He's the admiral in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Who's in love mm-hmm. with Elizabeth Swan? He is in. That's not um, him. No, no, that's not the admiral. I oh know yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's a different guy. Um, there's another role I just saw him in. I think. How else? He. I mean, he's done a lot for sure, but his role to me is always like Brutus from from Rome. Yeah, he's always slimy. Have you guys kept watching Outlander? Yeah. I couldn't make it through the first season. Is it better? No. Okay. But we drink. We drink and we make fun of it and we hate watch it and it's it's enjoyable. Oh, my partner loves it, so I can't hate watch it with her. Mm. And I can't even enjoy hate watching it secretly because I don't want to like make fun of something she loves. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Karen in the 18th century. She's like, you're all acting like you're in the 18th century. How dare you? And it's like, yeah, because it's the 18th century, you idiot. <laughs> uh, just tell me if it gets better and if it's worth it. Doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it never does. Absolutely <sighs> okay. not. Okay. This is tremendous. This whole thing, because this shows Bond's like spy skills for the first time, I feel like, really hard. Like, just chilling in your boss's apartment. <laughs> like... Or is this her office? No, it's her apartment. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
She's so good. She's so, so good. Have you ever like paid attention to her opening monologue in Goldeneye the very first time? Like, oh yeah. Her it's, oh, yeah. it's the best thing. Like it's just her immediate like like I know she was in the Royal Shakespeare Company with Ben Kingsley and Ian McKellen, right? No, like, I know. I know she's the shit. She is amazing. I don't get me wrong, and I, I love her as M. Like This is such a tease, and I love it so much. And they, know, yeah. they know exactly what they're doing, and I yeah. hate them for it. This amount of fan service I'm okay with. Like, yeah. I thought this movie did such a great job with the fan service. Agreed. It's like he's back, right? But in like an exciting, like, let's get on board way instead of a, yeah. oh my gosh, isn't he so great way? Because he fails. Like, the first job he has, he fails. He fucks mm-hmm. up. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I just love her like, I'm getting angry at you and now I'm going to teach you why you messed up and like mm-hmm. how we have to move forward from this because you're still a good agent. Like, like we have to move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. And we skipped over because we were talking. But I love his line about you just you want me to be half man, half hit man or half monk, half hit man. And like, that's exactly what I want Bond to be. Yes, mm. I want to play a video game that's half monk, half hit man. That sounds perfect. <laughs> that's my D&D character. Like that's everything I ever wanted from <laughs> video games. And that is so important. That just little linger that she like knows Bond is onto something. So like, mm-hmm. let him go. Like he needs to go. Like figure it. Like, but also you know. like, where do you draw the line? Like you see the conflict in her eyes. Like is you this can. something that you have to let him get away with, right? And yeah. I, the, the, the details there. Like there could have been dialogue. She could have acted more heavily, and she doesn't. And that's phenomenal. It's like. It's subtle when it has to be and ridiculous when it has to be. Like it knows yeah. how to pace itself. Which it is absolutely so does. And I just want to know if if it's it's like like is it Martin is it Martin Campbell who brings that like ground like grounded kind of like subdued bond? Because yeah. like you see that in Goldeneye a lot too. You know, where like I, that's why I love Pierce and Goldeneye so much because like he kind of knows what he's about as a bond, but like he still holds it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, because Purvis and Wade has been writing, he, they wrote all of the Pierce Brosnan ones, and they wrote a lot of these ones as well. And so, there has to be some sort of like. I think it's the director. I really, yeah, do. I, think, I do I too. The director has a, a lot of voice in why some movies are good and some aren't, why we like some and why some wind up being flops. And the editor, I think the editor has a lot more to do with it than people give credit to as well. Mm-hmm. and like i think it's like you got to point out here too um he doesn't just do this because he's like 
upset at the guy for thinking he's a valet. Like he's doing this to cause a commotion so he can sneak into the security room. Yeah. He saw an opportunity and he took it. And he took it, right? Like it's every little piece about like this movie is so I think well crafted and like put the place mm-hmm. as far as like oh, it's so good. If you signed up for two and a half hours of Max and I gushing about this, then you're in for a treat because that is what we will be doing. <laughs> and it really does feel like a resort, like it's busy enough. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times the luxurious destinations feel kind of like ghost towns to like propagate some sense of like elitism or something. And, you... <laughs> and in yeah. this one, he. It feels very busy. It feels like believably occupied. Like like the casino in uh-huh. in the world is not enough, which just looks like somebody rented out a conference room at a hotel and like yes. put a casino in there. Yes. Yeah. This looks awesome. Like I love this little resort and And I like, too, that in this one, the Aston Martin isn't his to start with. Like, it becomes oh, his. I'm glad you pointed that out. Thank you so much for that. Um, so there's a there's a fan theory, and I want to know which one you think about. And so there's a fan theory that um, Casino Royale is the very first Bond ever. Like, this is his first mission. This is his mm-hmm. first thing. And then everything happens between Casino Royale... And Skyfall, like between Doctor No up to Die Another Day, and then Skyfall happens. Interesting. And so, and there's a lot of little things you can point out where, like, well, that wouldn't have happened if he had already had that, or that wouldn't have happened if Thunderball happened, you know, or something like that, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But I know a lot of fans like to think that, like, this is like all one thing. Where for me, it's like this is a soft reboot. One thing I actually don't like about these Bond movies is they actually have one continuous storyline through all of them. I kind of like the anthology bonds where like he just gets missions and he goes on that mission and he completes it. And the next movie he's like on vacation, he gets a mission and he, and I, <laughs> I know a lot of people like this um, connected thread and just storyline, but I think you get stuff like Spectre because of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was not happy with the second half of Spectre. No. I don't know. What do you think? Do you like, do you prefer Bond like anthology style or do you kind of like this style, like with the Craigs where everything is kind of like building upon each other and it just wasn't done the way it should have been done with Spectre? I I, I tend to prefer the sequence, like especially if you've got the same actor doing an arc, like why not do an arc? Yeah, I think that was my disappointment in Quantum of Souls the first time I watched it where I was like, well, this is just the second half of, of Casino Royale. This isn't like this is Bond, like, on a mission, but, like, mostly because he's out for vengeance. Mm-hmm. But he also has to do his job. I want more information about M's husband or whoever that guy is. Whether husband or not, I want to know what he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that scene with Bond coming out of the water was like they went with a a B a B version. Like they tried a couple of different versions of that scene, and then wound up going with what we wound up seeing at the end. And it turned oh, out really well. I liked it. Yeah, I really liked that scene. I, I like the. You don't pause on him long enough to make it weird, but like you pause on him long enough to be like, all right, like, like that Bond should be an agent. Like mm-hmm. he looks like he should be an agent, you know. <laughs> Ooh, large Mount Gay with soda. That's what he orders. I didn't know that. Is Mount Gay and soda good? It's just rum and soda. It's all right. I don't like soda very much. I'm more of a gin. Not gin. I'm sorry. Just straight gin. Just give me that. No, I'm more <laughs> of a tonic. I like the tonic part of things. I like that added sweetness to it. So I, this is important. This like little scene here. I'll, I'll bring it back up later. But that just like sequence where she walked in. I think that's. Remember that we have something else coming back later in the movie that that calls back to that. And that dress. Oh man, that dress. That dress is. Dude, I love that dress. The dress is spectacular. It's stunning. That's one of my favorite pop culture dresses I have ever seen in my I, life. I I think I prefer Vesper's purple dress. Later in the movie. We'll compare. Do you want to rank the Bond girl dresses? Eventually. As, as, as we watch these movies? Eventually, absolutely. Okay. I, I'm, I'm with you. I like that ranking. Really smart call here for um, them to modernize the, the uh, card games. Because mm-hmm. nobody watching this movie would have gotten if it was like they were still playing Baccarat. Or Bunko, or whatever they're playing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she is, like, sufficiently unimpressed with everything happening at the table. So. I love it. Yeah. Just like, come on. We're, we still have rules here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that his keychain is the modern version of the car that he drives. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the new DBS and not, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the old one. Like, just add an insult with, what you know, <laughs> with him losing it. And I love the subtle tension of the table, like the faces, the pacing, yeah. the awareness. Like there's so much that you have to pay attention to in these scenes that can very easily be like overlooked, right? Yeah. It's it's no. the subtleties and nuances of like relationships and interpersonal interactions that like not only make it dramatic, but help to shape him as an effective spy. Mm-hmm. 
I love the little quirk at the edges of his mouth, like when he says that. Yeah. Man, you, one drink's never one drink. Come on. <laughs> I don't know, Aaron. Some of us have self-control. Not yes, tonight, I'm, obviously, but I'm talking sometimes. specifically in these situations when people agree to one drink like that. That is not going to be just one drink. Or maybe it is. Who knows? I love that so much. It's so so good. It's the sort of slapstick you don't appreciate or expect from Bond. Not not this Bond. Like you've you've set the stage of like this dude runs through walls. He fails. Like he's very like serious, and then he makes a little joke here. Mm -hmm. And I, I I think Craig's humor is some of my favorite humor in all the Bond films. It's just every single time he does it, it's just so like. Like he just knows that it's good, and like he said, like the way he says it, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And it also makes total sense that the bad guy has like a bald sidekick. Yeah, it's Zaz. Like, of course he does. <laughs> you know, from <laughs> he sees the assassin. That's important, too. That'll come back later in the movie as well. A fight. I like her accent. Oh no, I do too. It's lovely, but I just think it's like I like the way she. I like the way she bites his chin too. It's just very real. Like oh, and her response to this is so good. (laughs) Yeah, this whole scene is very well done. Question. Question. Good evening. I have a question for you. 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 Good evening
cold. Yeah. So cold. You don't often see Bond go to America. I like it when they do, though. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun little... I never got to see this display in real life, and I'm really I, sorry I didn't. I, same dude, saying every single time I see this movie, I was just like, I'd love to go see this, and I never mm-hmm. got to see it. And obviously there's, like, the directorial commentary that, like, this is a reductionist view of Bond, right? You're stripping away the outer layers and getting down to the fundamentals of how he's supposed to do it. Good job. Mm-hmm. He's not a superhero. He's just a person. Flesh and blood and nerves and bones. So good. So good. I totally <laughs> forgot about this <laughs> moment. The tension is so great here. Mm-hmm. Dude made a mistake. He had him. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Tap his, tap his face. Leave your fingerprints all over him. Mm-hmm. It, it, honestly, it took me until I think the last time I watched this this last week because I didn't think we were commentating as I said earlier. So I've seen this recently. It took me until last time to figure out that like that's also like connections and foreshadowing, like them. Mm-hmm. Centering the poker table around everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's all spectacularly it, subtle. They theme this movie very, very well. And they, and they really kick it off really well with that opening sequence with the mm-hmm. um, cards.
<laughs> what I really like about this too is, is like, there's no pushback from him. Like in a typical drama movie, like there's going to be pushback from the secretary mm-hmm. or that guy, the assistant that says, no, I can't get you to him right now. And he was like, oh, shoot, that's okay. Yeah, let me get you through right away. You know, like yeah. I love the efficiency of showing like their agency work. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, because the bureaucracy of the process is, is an important component. That a lot of projects forget. Mm-hmm. It, it, they, they kind of skirted a lot in the later films with Craig because he kind of in this one as as well, he kind of just goes rogue. And that's one of the things I have an issue with, with the new bond films is Craig kind of just goes rogue in every single film. Mm-hmm. Um, Doing the job and not following orders. Yeah. But like he's, he compl- he's right. He completes the mission. I just wish there was a better way to tell some of those stories instead of his response to everything is like, well, I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'm right. You're wrong. Yeah. I'm going this way. Yeah. But I mean, he deals with the fallout of that from day one, right? Like, it's not like he knows better, right? He gets the job done, but at a sacrifice to yes. his own sense of self and to the efficacy of well, the companies he represents. And yeah, and and then even in this one, they after this whole sequence, they they tag him so they can like so he doesn't go rogue again, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a real plane that was coming out at the time, right? The Airbus. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, and everything about this, I really like the plot line of all of this. I think it's one of the best, like, realistic plot lines that centers around money and centers around like manipulating the um, world uh, stock markets mm-hmm. and like fun, funding your terrorism that way. I think that's so great. Mm-hmm. It's so much better than staging a war. Incredible, you know, killing a bunch of people thinking it's going to be World War Three, so you can get media control over this whole world, like in Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and, and in what they're doing, in case anybody wasn't, you know, once caught up on the plot, uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character—we don't know his name yet in the movie yet. Um, I don't believe they've 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 said who he is. They have. Have they? Okay, cool. So Lashif in this is shorting the stock, which means he's going he has agreed to pay to 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 purchase stock at a certain level in order to or no, he's agreed to sell it at a certain level. Like he so what he wants to do is say his stock is worth fifty dollars. He wants to sell it at sixty five, and that's his agreement thinking or you know, sell it at forty five, whatever it is. He wants to sell it at forty five. It's a complicated process. I don't want to explain too much. Anyways, he's expecting it to go down, right? He has agreed to sell right. this stock at $45, and he's expecting to drop lower than $45, so he's going to make all of his money back. Correct. Yeah, the idea is that they they bet that it's going to do Poor. poorly, 
Right. And, and then they, they intentionally and actively sabotage it so that it does poorly. Right. Right. Where if you long stock, you, you agree, I believe, to sell it a, above the price it currently is, expecting it to go much further up. Like if they would have long stocked on this instead of shorted it, they would have made so much money. Mm-hmm. They just made the wrong call. I mean, they didn't. They were trying to manipulate it. But I love that aspect of it. And just the fact that like that to me is something that could be real, you know, not necessarily an EMP in the sky, GoldenEye real, but like real. I didn't know that. Daniel Craig, before filming this, um, well, he, not before, but before he started doing acting, he was a semi-professional rugby player, (laughs) which is like why he's like so like jacked the way he's jacked, like thick, you know, not, not so he gets more lean the next few movies. Yeah, for sure. He t- he loses a lot of muscle mass, but yeah, he had to put on a lot for this movie too. Like he he wasn't oh, he yeah. didn't just walk into the audition looking like he does when he comes no. up out of the ocean. No, he put in twenty pounds of muscle. You know, mostly doing proteins, cutting out carbs, working out five days a week, and only doing cardio on the weekends and lifting yeah, the rest like, of the time. It's like that Rob McElhenney interview where he's like, "This oh, is I a totally healthy lifestyle. I don't know why more people do it." Yeah, I only sleep 10 hours a day, work out five times a day. and <laughs> With a professional trainer? Yeah, and, healthy. A pro- and a professional chef. You know, it's definitely something mm. everybody can achieve for sure. <laughs> Not to talk about It's Always Sunny, but his transformation from, from Fat Mac to like Jacked Mac is so great. And just like all of that. Impressive, yeah. It's so great. I love this. Just like, I think I did it. Yeah. 
Yeah, the moment of like self doubt, right? It's like, yeah. did I do? Am I am I good enough? Right? Did I get the job done? Like that's not a very common bond experience. And also, getting, him getting arrested, <laughs> just getting sucker punched by the police. Yeah, Miami security. Yeah. So my only question here, do you think the explosive would be big enough to catch the gasoline on fire and then start a reaction from where say. he's from where he's standing? I don't know enough about explosives to be able to say. Yeah, I don't really either. I was just watching this the other day. I was just like, you know, I feel like it's a very small explosive, though, so. Mm-hmm. And that is a very consistent character tick, right? The awareness that, like, he has this. So in Casino Royale, the novel, that character, Lashiv, does have the. What's it called? <laughs> the asthma inhaler? Yeah. Yeah, yes, he, inhaler. I think he has weeping blood, too, doesn't he? Or did they add this for the film? Uh, he may have it, at, not at the point where I'm at, two thirds of the way through the book. Oh, cool. It's a great book. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that when like when they like went through and described how that card game was played, and you're like, "Wow, that sounds like actually a lot of fun. I can have a lot of fun playing that game." Mm-hmm. In the book, though, he drives a Bentley and not an Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. And he also, I think, did he get um, his Walther in Casino Royale, or does he still use the Beretta? I don't know. I think he uses the Beretta. Yeah, he uses the Beretta for the first like several novels, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, upgrades. what's the guy's name? He has the best, like, gun owner name. Jeffrey Boothroyd was a British firearm expert and author of several standard, like, reference works. And he was reading his books and, like, reached out to Ian Fleming and said, Bond wouldn't use the Beretta. This is what he would use. And that's why we have the change from the Beretta to the Walther. That's fascinating. I didn't know that. And why you see that in um, Doctor No, um, the initial like his his one of his initial scenes with M is him switching out his guns and how much Connery doesn't want to give away his Beretta. Mm. That's cool, you should man. look up some YouTube videos from Jeffrey Boothroyd. He has some great, great like old videos on there about him talking about guns. He's like just the like the most British like, gun owner you've ever seen. It's great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> This movie has an obsession with really cool technology and briefcases. Mm-hmm. It's like the third. This is like the first time that happens. That happens like four more times. Where they film was not actually Montenegro. It's someplace else. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful. It's like one of the most like beautiful vacation spots. Where, like I can't afford to ever go on vacation there, but I would love to. 
It's a jarring juxtaposition to me going through this at a crime scene instead of in her office, right? Like, yeah. I'm always deviated spawned on his big movie type yeah. titular case in the office. And mm-hmm. so to, to have it happening here where someone well, has died and he's covered in blood, like, it, it just reinforces the the grittiness yeah just just m being out in the field at all mm-hmm. like it wasn't i think it was the man with the golden gun where m is on the like out in the field in that tilted uh um oil oil liner mm-hmm. that's like sunk in the ocean that's like a fake like spot for the british government um you just don't see M at all. And so it's like wonderful that, that like, and she does that a lot. And I really enjoy that aspect of it, you know, mm-hmm. also a train scene where like the main focus isn't fighting. Cause that's all the other train scenes you get. Like, right. I really enjoy this train scene. It's, it's very classic bond, but like in a different way. And here she is the best bond girl in all of bond Vesperland. Who doesn't love Ava green? Oh, Vesper is so great. I love that she doesn't know that he's a double O agent. Mm-hmm. Just by like, her line later, I don't. Yeah, this one right here. Like he knows she's he's at MI six, but maybe not that like the head of MI six is just, like his direct boss. I love this scene because it immediately sets the tone that Vesper is just as intelligent as Bond and not going to take any of his shit. And like, just and amused like, by the process. Like she can yes. keep up and she's having a good time doing it. Yes. the writing in this movie is elegant too oh it's great yeah this is the best dialogue in the film like this little interchange i think Mm -hmm. agreed I like that she doesn't confirm whether he got it right or not.
that's where I figured out how to pronounce Omega correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's how the Greeks are originally pronounced it, so. It's also a marketing drop. Like, there are plenty oh. of other fancy watch companies that they could have used. That is true. And Bond used to wear a Rolex, but then he um, did switch over to an Amiga um, in his movies. And I believe this is the first movie that he switched over to an Omega and isn't using a Rolex anymore. He used Rolex the last several movies. It may have been Goldeneye, um, but I know he did use Rolexes in older films. We just missed it. One of the best lines in the whole film. I'm sorry I talked over it. And like his reaction right there of like, I'm going to enjoy working with this person. Like that was that little like, but like the fact that he was like, it took me for like four or five watches to figure out that he said skewered. And like, it meant that like, she just like totally pinned him and like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like a butterfly in a collection. You're like, oh, Mathis is so good. I, I love Mathis. Yeah. Oh, I have specific notes about Mathis because I love him so much. Because they're really the only characters in the book besides Lashiv. So, like, the fact that they nail each of them so well yeah. is just... So I apologize if you haven't seen this movie, but I'm not sure why you'd listen to our commentary if you hadn't seen this before. <laughs> so I'm going to ruin something, but I think it's really interesting to watch this movie with the perspective that she is working for Le Chief at this point. And she doesn't quite know it, but like she knows she's not working for MI6 at this time. Like she's trying to get Bond to fail. Mm-hmm. So I really like looking at it from that aspect of like she is – she's not the good guy here, but but she's coming off – yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. Because there are a lot of little things that she does that I didn't recognize the first time I saw this a couple of times that like, oh, that makes a lot of sense of why she would do it that way instead of that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, Bond just described what he is, mm-hmm. not what the chief is. <laughs> was that a phone? What was that? That he was holding up. Was that the clicker to his car? Mm-hmm. It just looked like a plastic box. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. Did you see the license plate on the car? It's mm-hmm. TT378. His room number is 378. Like on there it says room 378. So that's how Bond knew that that was his car. Is because the license plate matched his room number. That's ridiculous. Because I always wanted to know how he knew that was his car. Like... Did they just tell him they were going to be sending an Aston Martin or like 
the fact that they matched up the license plate was how he he knew. Uh, that's mm-hmm. I didn't notice that until just now. My biggest complaint, not just about this movie, but about Hollywood action movies in general, is the misuse of the silencer. And the, oh the my gosh! That, like, you yes. put this little metal barrel on the gun, and suddenly it doesn't make noise at oh, all. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but I grew up watching Bond with silencers, so that's how I thought it was until I was like twenty-five, and I like watched the YouTube videos. Like, oh, that is why even use a silencer, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Do you think those are grapes or olives on the table? Olives. Olives? Mm-hmm. Cuz they kind of look like grapes. I think they're supposed to be olives, but they didn't have them so they put grapes in there. Oh, those are grapes. Yeah, those are grapes. Yeah. So there's grapes, there's pistachios, there's champagne. I'm not sure we're going to get another look at it. We will. And salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those are supposed to be olives, though. Nah. No? I bet you they're supposed the to be green, olives. The green, the green grapes are too, way too green. Like, I know, but I, I, don't think, green. I don't think people were like, why would you like... Grapes is not something that typically is known just to be on the table. I bet you those are olives. Or those are grapes that people think the audience is expecting them to be olives. I also don't think... They really cared. And they're like, what kind of piece do you want to have on the fruit while you're doing this? Grapes would be great while I'm filming this scene. And that's probably why they decided this. <laughs> this. I think that dress is beautiful. Which is what he was doing earlier in the film when the other girl walked in, where he got the idea from. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. I thought that was a nice little, little, little foreshadowing that I enjoyed. Mm, the little Bond motif. Oh, this is such a good. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Penny Dreadful with Ava Green? I hated that series. Josh yeah, I, wrote, Josh ruined it for me, man. I love Josh Hartnett. He's an awesome human being. And that series, like he just, yep. his accent was abysmal and his acting was garbage and it ruined the whole experience. I wanted to like it yeah, so badly and just couldn't bring myself to do it. I made it through like four episodes. 
And then I was like, just couldn't do it anymore. Which sucks because it's like the perfect, like it's snow and horror. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorite things. That is a casino table. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get your refill? No. Do you want to do a little pause and refill? Well, when he orders his drink, how about that? Ooh, I like that. Yes. This Belgian banker is the wow. He's the character. greatest character in the oh entire movie. <laughs> I love him so much. His laugh that he does mm-hmm. when they're transferring the funds is so good. He just looks like he's so happy to be in this role. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's just doing it with all the gusto he can. I love he does such a great job. I don't know if it was the director or who made the choice to play the character that way, but I, it's the best choice in the whole film. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I also really enjoyed that they have a latte machine and an espresso <laughs> machine in the back in case in case people need coffee. Yeah. But so this, look at that. There's another giant briefcase with, uh, with amazing technology in it. Oh, I wanted to point out that scene right there where he insert, inputs in the password. Um, the password that he inputs in, we won't spoil it for you. It's later in the film. But he, the password that he inputs there does not match what he actually uses. Like if you watch the button presses, there's no way it spells out what he inputted in. And that is, We'll come back and critique that later because I might contest that. That has always bothered me. Also, if you didn't notice, the chief's partner is standing in the background as well in her dress. And I think that's really cool that they got those folks like around there to like watch to like make it seem more more real. Mm-hmm. Excuse, I, I lied earlier. The greatest cast decision they made is Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter to be introduced soon. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love him so much. The casting in general in this movie is just oh. so... So on point. I love the way Lashif plays with his chips and like lays them down. If I mm-hmm. was to do poker, I'd want to look that cool doing it. Okay, come on. That's a beautiful dress. Also, Vesper is walking in this way because she wants to distract Bond because she wants Bond to lose. She does not want Bond to win, and that is why she's walking that way. Like, as like a arrogant, like, I'm going to defy you because you told me to walk in the other way, and I need you to walk in this way. Interesting. At least that's what I kind of read off of that because she was supposed to walk behind him. No, I think... Well, she just says it. She's like, I'm not going to do that because this is disorienting for everybody and, like, it's more effective. I don't know. I think she's trying to distract Bond because she doesn't want Bond to win. (laughs) 
I wish we would have got more Mathis in the next few films. I really want to learn how to do that with my chips. Yeah. There's no way um, I'm never going to be at a table with that has those gigantic, you know, cards that are worth like 10 million each mm-hmm. or whatever they're worth. All right. We'll have to pause soon. Mm-hmm. That's the um, drink that's in Casino Royale. Like he orders it to a tea of the mm-hmm. of the same one that's yes, in Casino Royale. And that gin you can't find anymore. They don't make it anymore, so you can't actually make Vesper anymore. You have to make a a a, a clone of it using right. other kind of gin, which is really sad. I've always wanted to try one of those. All right, is it time uh, to go get him? Yeah, let's stop at three again. Already one, two, three. Good, and I'll be right back. I'll be right back. We'll be back, Soaks. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, folks. If you guys want to drink with us, welcome back. We are here again. Thanks so much. Let's get this started. We got another half act and a half to go, so let's do it. Power through. Ready? All right. One, One, two, two, three. We got to get a better accounting down together. No. It's fun this way. Yeah, it's just like, what's going to happen? Who's right? Do you get the same drink? Eggnog? Uh, I, no, I just rolled over at the... Dairy is really heavy, right? Mm-hmm. So after the one drink, I just rolled over to bourbon on the rocks. Nice. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, Heaven Hill old-fashioned style. I'm still doing lemonade. Glorious.
Which, his response to that is not like, I want to. I can't wait to get you back to the room. You want to do what to me? That's not a mm. response to that. <laughs> What are you working on over there? I decided to create a Bond movies ranking for us. So the inevitability of us watching all of these and ranking all of them. And we will def- have a definitive list of what Aaron and Max's favorite Bond movies are. Oh, a list good, of 20, like 25. It's impressive. You better believe we're throwing in uh, say, Never Say Never Again. <laughs> Maybe even the first, or maybe even the original Casino Royale with Peter Sellers. I love it. I've never seen it, but I love I actually, Peter Sellers. I actually haven't either, so I'd love to watch that with you. Do like a blind watch together. Yeah. Valenka. Her name is Valenka. Perfect. I didn't know that. I'm learning all these new things with watching the subtitles. What's that little thing called that she has that's like wrapped around her dress but isn't? It's like attached to her arms. It's a shawl. That's what it's called. It's called a shawl. I'm pretty sure. What's the difference between a shawl and a frock? Does a frock a have a frock? Hood? A frock? No, a frock is like a uh, an apron. Oh, uh, okay. Man, these fight scenes in this movie are so good. Mm-hmm. How? How? Did Bond get cut? Where does the blood come from in the front of his shirt? Is that from the other guy? Yeah. Well, and and the blood coming from the pouring space. out of his yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
That's a really important scene for Vesper. She could have let him die. Yes. And they could have easily accomplished their goal. And that was kind of her turn. And I think it's it's caught up in all this action, but like this is the part where she like starts falling for Bond, I feel like. But I mean, also she probably... like loses herself first, right? Yes. Like she realizes that like this was Yes. This is the part where I murdered someone. <laughs> right. Like she... Because again, this is so much more gratuitous and gritty than so many other Bond film mm-hmm. fight scenes. So what's coming up next with the scene where we're there together um, in the hotel room? This scene right here. So the original intention of this, and you'll see it soon where um, Vesper is in the shower. The written script had her just in her underwear. She didn't She didn't have her clothes on at all. And it was actually Daniel Craig that said, no, I think she wouldn't have time to like get dressed, nor should we, would she even want to. She would just go in there and start turning the shower on. Mm-hmm. So it's the reason she's fully clothed is because of Daniel Craig, which I think is a really good call for this scene. I think it's so much more impactful for her to be fully clothed sitting in a cold shower than... Agreed. And this scene where he steadies his breathing. Yes. Right. Where he stops the like gasping for breath and just like, Mm -hmm. (sighs) like I do that so many times a day when I start to feel stressed out. And every time I do, I think of that scene. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought the scene was coming up further than it is. You'll you'll see it when Vesper is in the shower. You'll you'll, You'll know. You'll know. You'll know when it Uh, happens. It was also shot in one take. So I want you guys to think about that when you're watching it, because it was one take they took. You know what else was shot in one take? My heart will go on from Titanic. Really? It's just supposed to be a rough cut, and Celine Dion went in and recorded it. Yeah. That's amazing. The music director was like, I like it. We're done. She was like, what? <laughs> they printed it. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. It gets a lot of crap because it's in a movie that is Titanic, but it's a good song. Yeah. This is not something that I'd be able to do as a human. I wouldn't be able to just like open the door. I probably would have said something. This, the love theme for them is up there in my like top 10 Hollywood motifs of all time. Like it's so... Are you talking all-time motifs or just love theme motifs? No, all-time. Like, okay. it's so good. Do you have a favorite it's motif? So... Yes, but it's from Hook. <laughs> we'll talk nice. about that later. I always thought that was a little weird. But no, I do it's it. super weird. But yeah. It's like, but I liked it. Like, the, I thought it was weird too the first time I watched it. And the more I watched it, the more I liked it because it was intimate. Without being overtly sexual. Like, yeah. it's like. I felt it was too sexual, but I also kind of understand, like, the in the moment of, like, you got blood on your fingers, I'm going to get this for you. You know, like, mm-hmm. I got you. I do think it was a really good scene, though. Like, I really, really like the flower, the shower scene. 
So did they stop for like the whole night? And like they're playing the like this is now the next day. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Dude, I watched this movie. This is my third time seeing this in the last few days, and I still can't remember a lot of times what's <laughs> going to happen next. Also, <laughs> I love the mug that you're using. I can't remember. I may have been there when we purchased that mug together. This is the second one. The second that, one? Oh, that okay. mug died, and I had to replace it. But yeah, that's the... Yeah. Yeah. For those of you at home who don't know what I'm drinking from, it is the um, commemorative plastic stein from... Gaston's pub? Yeah, right? it's it's what LeFou's brew comes in if you order the commemorative yeah. cup. Yeah, so it's like a, a beer stein, mu- beer mug. Thing. It is absolutely With perfect. Gaston on one side flexing and LeFou making silly faces on the other. Yep, and it's I perfect know. for drinking bourbon on the rocks. Yes, or anything really. It, it really is. I'm drinking out of a little mug that we use for a butter beer. Perfect. Perfect. He's an unbelievable actor. Did so good in this. He did so good in Westworld. Oh, my gosh. He is. He's so good. I I love him so much. Did you ever watch, I think, man, what was it called? I'm going to find it for you. Give me a second. Clicking inbound. Hold the Dark. Did you ever watch Hold the Dark? No. Ooh, you gotta watch Hold the Dark. It is a dark, depressing movie, but it is very good. And Jeffrey Wright is the main character, and he is so fantastic in it. What's it about? Uh, I might have seen it. It's a horror movie about somebody going up to Alaska looking for the reason people are disappearing. And they, they oh. think it's the wolf, so he's like a wolf expert that goes up and like goes out into the wild. I did see it. Yeah, I did see it. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, you're right. It is very good. So mm-hmm. if you're in the mood for something that's very dark and depressing, watch Hold the Dark. Uh, it's a perfect movie for um, when it's uh, 30 degrees outside and dark. Hmm. It'll make you feel right at home. One of my favorite things to do in scenes like this is just watch the extras. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Especially the ones who are um, not even like the main like supporting actors in the background, like Eva Green right there, what she was doing. Mm hmm. I really love the smugness that Lashif has here. Mm-hmm. Oops.
Not as good of a dress, but it's still elegant. Phenomenal. Shut. What are you talking about? That's a phenomenal dress. I would rank it third out of the dresses that we've ranked so far out of this movie. man in the subtitles they they put quotation marks around the sentence that he says that she should say like he's quoting what she should say (laughs) what a fantastic subtitle job shout out to the person who did the subtitles on this one they're really Mm -hmm. good yeah that's why she's not letting you back in the game she doesn't want you to win I enjoyed that aspect too. That was a good subversion. Mm hmm. I love oh. the speed of that first delivery and then the break before he delivers the next lines. It's oh. so well paced. It's just the way they introduce Felix in this one, because I wasn't expecting Felix at all. He, he's just been such a sidekick to Bond and now he's been like, yeah. they promote him into an actual important role. Mm-hmm. He's really, really good in the Hunger Games, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the second one of those, Catching Fire, but his character, he, he's fantastic. Yeah, I've never seen him do something I didn't No, like. no, no. This is we're, we're a pro Jeffrey Wright podcast, 100%. Just like we're a pro Nicolas Cage podcast. <laughs> but who is it? Let's be real. I know people, man. I know people that don't like Nicolas Cage, and it saddens me. Yeah, that's heartbreaking.
I mean, I know you're getting poisoned, but it's got to be so satisfying knowing the person that is trying to win the game thinks you're so good that they only can beat you by poisoning you. Mm hmm. <laughs> and in the background you just hear full 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 So, I think he'd be the small blind next. So they wouldn't even be able to deal him out. Because they wouldn't be able to move on without him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not important. We shouldn't complain about poker things in this movie, but... I feel like we've all felt like that coming out of the bar. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's very relatable feeling. I love this. Yeah, me too. This is another turn for Vesper, too. This isn't some evil villain. This isn't, like... No. Some horrible plot. He's just... He messed up. Again. Yeah, has to have somebody else come around and save him. So good. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. 
Oh, gosh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of arrogance that, that I, I would have after a near-death experience. I'd look up at the person and like, hey, how's, how's it going? You, you mm-hmm. doing all right? Hey, I'm not dead. <laughs> so bad such a bad joke that's bond though that's the bond joke like that's mm-hmm. what's come from the last like 60 years of bond i mean 50 years at this point but you know what i'm saying like yeah those are like could you imagine pierce brosnan saying that he would have nailed that line <laughs> yeah and and in this case it was for Lashif, but it was. That was what we were talking about with Sean Connery's Bond. It's like he made the jokes for himself. Yes. Yes, he did. Even like Roger Moore would have been slapstick funny in that kind of, like, he never would have been, you know, but like, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, man, I wish I would, I would have loved to have seen Brosnan in the early, like the late eighties, early nineties Bond films. I'm sad that he didn't get him until 95. Yeah. He's like my favorite Bond. So. They couldn't. They wanted to do Brosnan, but they couldn't get Brosnan until '95 because he was in Remington Steel, and they actually sure. agreed to something. But Remington Steel said, "No, you have to film another season of this." They weren't expecting it, mm-hmm. and then they actually got another season, and they wouldn't let him do a Bond film in between. Ugh. Yeah, so that's why we have two movies of Timothy Dalton, who I quite like actually. He's Timothy just, Dalton is an incredible actor. Yeah, the movies he got cast in just sucked. It wasn't bad. His fault. Living Daylights is okay. Yeah. License to Kill is a bad nine, early yes. 90s American action film, and I don't like it. Yes, it hurts to watch. It hurts. I love how That's, cheesy that vest is. Yes. Man, I love what he did with the... Uh, I love what he did with the uh, the chip there, too. Just, like, place one chip on it and then go mm-hmm. all in. So, uh, there's a Bond podcast called James Bonding that they actually do commentaries and they do like, they've like reviewed the movies twice now. Mm-hmm. They have like, you know, a couple hundred, like a hundred or so episodes. And, um, one of the guys on there loves poker so much. He plays it all the time. So he had like gripes with this particular scene because like if Lashif knew the math, he knew that bond would have a higher card than him and wouldn't go all in based upon the cards on the decks. Because, like, there's a chance that somebody has a royal, not a royal, but a straight flush. And, like, you wouldn't go all in with a straight, with some, you know? Mm-hmm. That's his only complaint is, like, this This last scene is not very realistic as far as actual poker goes. But it's freaking great drama and I love it. 
I love how just nonplussed that dealer is. Yes. The whole game, all yes. night, he does not care. Dude just made 500 grand on that chip. Yep. And he's like, thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. That's what I want to do after I was almost dead is go freaking eat. Mm-hmm. That little dining room reminds me of the Grand Floridian. That's what I imagine yeah. eating at Victoria's uh, table would be. Whatever that place is called, Victoria Restaurant. Yeah, you're right. So that line a bit ago where it says the Americans have made contact with the chief, that always confused me because like, so they do they fail? Mm -hmm. Like they have to have failed, right? Like they made contact, but they didn't catch him, or do they right. let him go? I'm not quite like. Oh gosh. Yeah, it's not particularly inspiring. Like they they are talking to him. It's like great. Yeah. Man, that brick of a phone. Look at that. Mm -hmm. what, a, <laughs> what a time capsule. I know. This movie came out in 06. So these would have been like 04, 05 phones. Mm -hmm. Well, no, because typically movies made by Sony that produces phones, they would have put their like next year's tech in the phone to like showcase it for the same year to buy.
Man, you're right. This entire movie is just about Bond failing over and over yeah. again. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I, I, I never really, like, like really grasped that, but, like, it's just he doesn't really succeed. Mm-mm. He's on the back foot the entire time. Yeah. Maybe that's, like, the change you see in him in Quantum, then, because Quantum, he, like, he's pretty much on it and he's like mm-hmm. taking care of it this is in the Guinness Book of World Records by the way <laughs> this little uh, spin that he has up here they really? actually had to yeah so this car that he's driving on its own would not do this stunt it right. would not I know, I know like nine times out of ten most vehicles in movies don't flip or barrel roll like yes supposed to. right so that car wouldn't have done that so what they did is they added a air comp- like compressor or whatever it is to the bottom of uh, the driver's side so they could spin it up and, and mm-hmm. get him going. And um, the car flips seven times, and that's the most times a stunt car has ever flipped in a movie. It is in the wow. Guinness Book of World Records, at least as of 2006 when this came out. I don't know if it still is, but... Also, yeah, somebody saw this movie and was like, I have to flip more cars. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely dead after that, too, for sure. You, like, you don't flip seven times in a car and live very often. Well, seatbelts are a magical thing. Especially because he was really only doing like 35 or 40 miles an hour. Yeah, otherwise there's no way you would want to make that turn at like 60 or 70. Right. It's so funny that we just got through watching... um, What do we watch? Thunderball? Yeah. The notion that he had the the locator on him and that's how they saved the day at the end and now... The first thing they do is get rid of his locator. Yes. That is awesome. I always feel like Valenka, Lashif's girlfriend, she's like just like her dresses always feel like she's wearing like a an outfit she's gonna like go swimming to the Olympics in. Like it just looks like very latexy, like just very super skin tight. Oh, God. Oh, Whoa, this scene. This like, scene. I've heard of torture porn, but man, this scene takes it to a whole new level. <laughs> um, this this is the first scene in my life where I, I was able to question whether or not I was attracted to men. Because, I mean, look at him. <laughs> Come on. Wait until you get the side profile. Like, it's the most spectacular body I've ever seen. On a, on a man. I think it's just like the most well-crafted body I think I've seen. I like these. I like him more than I've seen like the, like the super like, look, just look at that. Look at that side profile there. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's, it's very sexy. It is for a fact. Team Daniel Craig. I am so team Daniel Craig. It's so sinister. I love it.
Yes, it is. This is the very first time I feel like Bond has experienced true pain in the torture scene. <laughs> I love how he says please ooh that's a good question do you have a favorite please in all of cinema because my Probably. favorite is Javier Bardem's and Dead Men Tell No Tales would you do this for me please and like the way he says please to, this, to Will Turner's kid in that mm-hmm. scene is so good I really enjoy that like aspect of Bond like kind of just figuring out like the greater scheme of things, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, you're you're kind of right actually. <laughs> we probably would do that. Yeah. It's it's a library of emotions that James Bond isn't supposed to feel, right? Yes. Pain, fear, doubt. Like realization that he was like wrong and now he gets it, you know? Like mm-hmm. Hesitance, yeah, absolutely. Every time I watch this, I get inspired to go for like a 10 mile run. Just, just <laughs> look at him, man. I just can't, like. Uh, Mr. White may be my favorite villain of all the Bond movies. I love him so much. Really? I love Mr. White. Like, especially at the beginning of the Quantum of Solace. Ah, oh, it's so good. Now, if this was an X Men movie, we'd see that bullet come back up and pop out of his head. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, folks, that's it. End of Act 2. Movie's over. Yeah, no more acts left. Home. Thanks, Hill. That was great. Bond wins. The CIA captured Lashif. They killed him. We're good to go home. Does she have green eyes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that whole outfit, just that pale green, is really good. Everything matches really well. Yes, yes, here he is. Himmel. Ah, the joke. This is so good. <laughs> that little look that Dana Craig gives at the end of there is so yeah, great. It's magical.
she's a lovely actor. Yeah. I've seen her in a lot of things, and she is really good. I haven't seen her as much as I would like to, to be honest. I, I, I do like her quite a bit. <laughs> I really like that look they give before they start kissing each other and roll around. That's yep. just such a nice, genuine little thing. Yep. Yeah. For the longest time, man, I gotta get a little better shape, but I think I could pull off those those really tight Euro shorts for bathing suits, like almost the uh, speedo. What's so funny to me is like after Marvel movies, after you know Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt, like they make him look a little small. <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Well, Chris Hemsworth is a giant. Like, in like, especially like Aquaman, Jason Momoa is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he's a secret agent. He's not very tall. He's only like 5'10. I think Chris Hemsworth is like 6'4. Okay, I have a question for you. It's very, it's actually something I'd like to get your thoughts on. Mm -hmm. So you you have a big issue with On Your Majesty's Secret Service, but you're okay with this kind of love scene because it's kind of around the same style. He doesn't get married, but like this is what turns him to the cold-hearted bastard that he is. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between your dislike of On Your Majesty's Secret Service and this? Is it? Because specifically, you called out him like getting married and that not changing his opinion about things, right? So I'd like to like to ask your opinion about that. That's one of the biggest ones. Um, this so this is different for a number of reasons. The biggest one is that this is the first time we've met the Daniel Craig Bond, and so this is at the beginning of his career, right? And he does the stuff. He beats the bad guys. He gets the girl, and he has the opportunity to sort of ride off into the sunset. And instead, things happen. And so I think I, I like it in this movie because it's an unattainable dream. 
right? It's the normal life, the quote-unquote happily ever after that Bond never gets to have. Yeah. You you prefer her turning on him like she does in this one versus just her getting killed like she did in um, Other Majesties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially because we've had a chance to get to know her as a character. Yeah. On Her Majesties, it's like the first scene. It's like, hey, he's married to some chick you don't know. Yeah. Now she's dead and you're supposed to be sad. And it's like, I don't know her. I don't care. You didn't give me an opportunity to, like, invest in this relationship. I, I can agree have. with that one. And, and yeah. You know, Honor Majesties is definitely the one I've seen the least. So I, I have the 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 weakest opinion about it, for sure. Um, I just wanted to know kind of so it's basically the way they implement it versus like the actual act of this is what's happening right yeah yeah because they don't That's a lot of it they don't implement it very because they try to do this again inspector and they really don't implement it very well inspector either I don't mm-hmm. think it's worse than this I would believe more that he would run away with Vesper and the specter than running away with Swan but still I digress. We'll get to Spectre eventually. That'll be one of the last ones we watch because I don't care for it very much. Just makes me sad because the first half of Spectre is very good. And for me, it's that much more like brutal because he almost gets it and then has it torn away from him yeah instead of having it and then getting it taken away because he didn't really have it he yeah yeah they give us a chance to hope here right they give us a chance to think oh maybe he gets to have a normal life well and vesper is such a more complete character than Mm -hmm. tracy was for sure, or Teresa. I know that's Teresa. I believe it on Her Majesty's, and it, when they revisit the Bond in for uh, for your hours only, it's Tracy. But still, yeah, I I I I, I love Vesper in this one, and I, I get this for sure. Mm-hmm. 
So that's her phone. Okay. Mm Construction is a recurring motif in this film that I hadn't remembered. Yeah. It's a work in progress, right? He is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not there yet, but he's getting there. So do these do these buildings actually exist in Venice? Yes. Like, and yes. so do you let me ask you a question. Do you think this was a building that they had plans on demolishing and that's where you're getting those outward shots, or do you think that's a miniature? We'll get to it, but a miniature, I, I, I think. Okay. I mean, obviously, this is not the real building. They're, they wouldn't, like, put the actors right. in this kind of danger. But later on, we're going to see it fall down. And I'm just I'm curious to see if if we think it's a a miniature or not. Because Bond mm-hmm. is, is really well known for using tons of miniatures. Man, I'd love to visit Venice. Have you been to Venice? No. I think it'd be really cool. I like love those kind of like those like waterways and stuff. I think that's really cool. 
Yep, agreed. <laughs> So that right here, do you think this is miniature? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be miniature. For sure. Oh, man. How do they get the briefcase back? Like, they get the briefcase back, and, like, I just don't understand how they get it back. Mm-hmm. happens you know in the chaos but like it's mr white who gets the briefcase back like not one of these folks and so he's got to be like there like in the shadows maybe Not to get too technical, but a typically a nail gun of that kind of magnitude will have some sort of catch mm-hmm. that you like have to press down on in order for it to hit and fire like that. That's typically like on the actual like nozzle of it, so you couldn't just shoot people like that. But I like killing people with nail guns, so I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> like it's cool. You taught me that a long time ago when we were talking about some kind of movie, and you're like, "Yeah, but it's cool." I'm like, "Yes." I'm into it. There's a factor of cool, man. Rule Rule of cool, cool. for sure. Okay, so there's a padlock on here. I still don't understand how he gets her out. Those things are very difficult to get through. Yes. That's why he can't immediately get to her. Right, no, but then she can get to her. She's not, like, there's two points of entry that he has to get through. The locked door behind the, the padlock and the padlock... And mm-hmm. he gets through both of them. And I really don't understand how he gets through both of them. Is this where it breaks? Like, it, that's got to be the only, like, maybe he catches something. The, the biggest issue I have with this film is entirely compassed in this last scene. Like, right here where she gets pulled back in a few seconds. Like, I'm confused about why she gets pulled back. What is that about? She pushes away from the doors. She doesn't get pulled back. She's she's clinging to the far corner. Oh, interesting. Confused about why he won't let go. Okay. And I then she realizes that. that that he loves her and that if she doesn't make it clear that she doesn't want to be but with she's him, like pulled she's like will. she looks like she's grabbing behind her like something pulled her back. She's holding on to the far end because she's inhaling lungs full of water to show him that she's done. Okay. And that she's gone to be with the man she really loves. And as much as she loves him, she is not there for him. And that she knows that if she doesn't do that, that he will drown trying to save her. Okay. I buy it. I'm there for it. Thank you for explaining that. I'm, I'm, I'm good. She drowned much faster than he did. 
it's one of the most terrifying drowning sequences in all the film. Like no, watching it, her like her gaping mouth just Yeah, like, it is terrifying. I I isn't there. I was just confused around some of the optics, you know. This is really sad, man. Yeah. I feel for him. Yeah, it is. I love James. It's like family. <laughs> this James particularly, like, he was one of the few James Bonds we had the opportunity to see Dare to Dream, right? Like, he, yeah. he hoped for a future. I coughed a lot about 10 minutes ago, which is why I'm sniffling. I promise I'm not crying. <laughs> I cried like shit the first couple times I saw this scene, man. It's it's just, just devastating. It's so good. I, it's just... And there he is. Oh, Mr. White. I love Mr. White so much. You're just a kite flying in a hurricane, <laughs> Mr. Bond. Ugh. He's just like the perfect villain to me. He's just like shrouded in secrecy, and you never get to feel like the full like power of what he can do. Gosh, that's such an obvious green screen behind him. It's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's very popular of old Bond movies, so I'm, I'm I'm okay with it. Gosh, he's trying to hide his feelings so hard right now, and she knows it. Every penny of it. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do Quantum of Souls. I have things to say about that one, too, now. Good. And the, like this ship is like the wreckage of his dreams, right? Yeah. Like, they sailed into the city together on a boat like this. That's the, yeah. And now he's alone. And he's on the boat, but it might as well be a shipwreck. Because he's alone. She sent a message to herself. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm assuming happened. Like mm -hmm. a timed message. Yeah, dude, 
This I I, I gotta be quiet. This I'm sorry. I just this, this I'm gonna turn off a little bit. It's so good. This is the first time he says it. I just I'm here for it. A little bomb motif right there when he shoots him. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this is like it may be the this may be the movie that has the best opening and closing that I've ever seen. I don't know, man. The Golden Eye opening is really good. It is Just the plane off the cliff. It is. I'd also argue that Quantum of Solace is up there too. Yes. Time to get out. Mm-hmm. He's it. He's Bond now. And it's such a smug oh, slap so in the face good. to all the haters who are like, you're blonde, you can't do it, you oh, can't pull so it off. so good. He's just oh, like, I'm Bond God. now. Yep. Oh, yes. Yes! Oh, thank you so much. That was great. I love yeah. that movie so much. Same. It's so good. All right. So here, we got two choices here. And I'm excited to see what you say about it because I want to know um, – it's been decided as of this podcast because of the nature that it's went. I am now going to start a ranking over the next few years of all of the Bond movies. Because now we are going to be doing this for every single Bond movie. And there's 25 of them, I believe. And so over the next several years, that means Infinite Pulp has to continue. We are going to be reviewing the Bond movies as we've done so far and ranking them. So um, we have Thunderball first. Do you think Casino Royale is better than Thunderball? Uh, I do. I hate you so much. Can I also... um, We can also do it one of two ways. So I can ask you, and we can try to rank them this way. Or you and I could do a ranking out of seven of each film, and then we can aggregate them together, and then we can rank them that way. No, no, I like the idea of making our decisions as we go. I think that's I like that too. I like that too. Framing it. And, and I, I hate I hate you because you're gonna make me say something that I don't want to say. But are you I gonna know say it's it? true? <sighs> Casino is better. It is better. It is. Casino Royale is better than Thunderball. Casino Royale is one of the best is, is is the like there's the Sean Connery movie where he makes friends with james dean and there's bambi and 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 what's her name in the oh the dude that's cool dude and Sean he rides Connery, the elevator up the the tall hotel room and new yeah but connery's like, given up on bond at that point watch the performance but that's, but that's such like that's such a typific bond movie and for me that movie that movie with jimmy dean baja i don't have any oil rigs in baja yes right yes it's like i make breakfast sausage what right. are you talking about right that and and thunderball are like bond when i learned what bond was okay right that's fair and so so to say that this to just the first the first ranking we have to throw it out the window 
hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Super Royale's better. It is. It is better. Like it's, the theme song is better. The cold open is better. The plot is better. The characters are better. The the scenery is better. The dresses. Are everything's better. better. Yes. Like yeah. Like I'm. I Super Royale is one of the, I think the best Bond movies that's out there. Like I agree. I so it's gonna stay on the top of our list for quite a while. Good. Um, I feel like Quantum might actually unseat it for me though, because it, it Quantum tackles is some fantastic. really profound Bond identity issues. Um, Skyfall is my favorite out of the the four um, Craig movies so far. Yeah, it's but, fun. Oh, I just see Skyfall to me is like a standalone story that felt like yeah. the anthology version. Yes, that's what yes. I love about Bond. Yep. Even though Spectre un, un, unseated <laughs> it, did that. Anyways, as you may be able to hear right now, I started Goldeneye. Obviously, because I'll be watching GoldenEye while I cook my berry dessert tonight. Well, don't burn out on Pierce Brosnan before we get to watch them together. Dude, uh, Bond, as we've talked about, is my favorite film franchise. Like, there is not a situation where I don't want to sit down and watch Bond with you. We could turn on Casino Royale again, and I'd still have a great time watching it with you. Like, I I love Bond (laughs) so much. Agreed. I wanted to work for the FBI. I like I just like I started college as a degree in psychology because I wanted to be a secret agent. Like that was like my life for a very long time. So So this was formative. This was very oh. influential for you. Oh my gosh, there's no film franchise outside of maybe Star Wars and Turtles that like is more like formative to me than James Bond is. And James Bond you know. is by far by far like my most uh serious one like i we talked about on that other podcast like i would have like not just members like aunts and uncles who would go into goodwill and like would purchase bond vhs's for me until i had all of them (laughs) and so like i have all of them on vhs i own all of them on dvd and i own all of them on blu-ray and i'm sure when they come out with a pack on 4k ultra hd i will own all of them on that as well and so i love it um yeah i i think in order for us to, to to keep this um Civil, um, not, not civil is the wrong word, but to keep it shorter than than because we're going to be ranking these. I think we should rank just the movies, though. I do want to at some point rank all the cold opens. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can after we're done with the bonds, we can do like a um, uh, like a separate podcast where we rank like the cold opens, the theme songs, and like that kind of stuff. Yeah, because I, I would love that kind of show as well. I love it, folks. This is what appears to be turning into a movie podcast. So we will uh, see you next year when we start watching Star Wars. <laughs> I, I do want to maybe try to do more review style for Star Wars and maybe not do commentaries like we're doing here. Um, but there's so many important little details that people nitpick about on the internet that we might each episode might have to have two two podcasts. I, I kind of feel a like viewing and then a breakdown, a breakdown afterwards. I kind yeah. of I think I like that. Because that way we're we're spreading it over, and that's going to be like the first half of the year next year. Really, yeah. that's twenty two. We could break it up and like spread it out throughout the whole year. We'll figure it out. If you have opinions, let us know. Yeah, um, I do want to keep on doing some of the same stuff we've been doing, just to make sure mm-hmm. people this is just doesn't just turn into you and I watching movies and talking about them podcast. We can Shut do up. that. We're good at it. We are. I don't disagree. We can do that. We just need to make sure we call that a different podcast and it's no longer infinite. Like, you know, like infinite pulp has become a year of this thing. I think we should continue being somewhat of that thing. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, honestly, there's nothing more that I want to do than to sit down and watch all the bond and star Wars movies with you and talk about them on a podcast. So perfect. We may just turn infinite pulp into 2021 into a movie review podcast. And that's just what it's going to be. Yeah. And, and we'll do maybe a book review the year after that. Who knows? It's infinite. 
It's whatever we decide we want it to be. And right. if we only we'll have one, li- for a while. if we have one listener every single week, I still want to do the show because you're enjoying it. And I hope so. Uh, and we are too. So yeah. anyways, that is the end of the episode for us. Thank you so much for joining us. That's Casino Royale. So right now our rankings are going to be Casino Royale number one, Thunderball number two. Um, next week, I'm not sure what we're going to do. Oh, next week, I do know what we're going to do conspiracy theories and unsolved mysteries and Mm. i am so excited about that because we are going to talk about things that are conspiracy theories. did you know there have been about 11 to 14 feet that have washed up on the canadian shore over the last several years that have been with shoes as well and nobody knows what it's coming from stay tuned and we will talk about that next week and to really whet your appetite for this genre of questions look up what are frogs just youtube what are frogs and David Duchovny has some conspiracy theories for you. Nice. A wraparound. Perfect. I'm going to leave it at that. If you understood the the wraparound and the final send-off to that, good for you. If you didn't, <laughs> you know what? Have a good night. We'll explain it next time. No, we won't. Nope. Love you, everybody. Be safe. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.
Okay, let's go back to Kasunara real quick, and I have to figure out whether or not she inputted the right. He inputted the right numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry, I, I clicked away because I was looking up the. Uh, my favorite film motif is called um, the Ultimate War. It's a, it's the song from the Hook soundtrack, and it basically has the Lost Boys theme, Pan's theme, and oh. the pirate theme in like fifteen seconds. So, so good. that. That is it. I, I honestly don't think I, I don't think I can not choose Star Wars. I think that mm-hmm. evokes the most emotion out of me. The scene in Last Jedi where Ray grabs the lightsaber and then the music swells yeah, and man. all you see is her hand grabbing it. Like, come on. Makes me want to watch The Last Jedi right now, just to watch yeah. that. I may do that. I may watch The Last Jedi right now for because of that. Gosh, that's so fucking good. All right. So, so we are looking at Yeah, I'm getting there. He's inputting the password. So he's going to be already at the casino. And if I find it, I'll give you the timestamp. 109, one minute, nine minutes is about where I am. An hour, nine minutes? One, one, one hour, 10 minutes, and about 12 seconds. Okay. 17 seconds, 18, 19. Right. I'm at 120. Yeah, 110, 20 is about where it starts. Okay. I'm here. I'm watching. He's typing in Vesper, right? Yes, he's typing in Vesper, and I don't think... Into, an, th- into a numeric pad. Yes. Here we go. And he smiles to himself because he knows what he's going to type. I'm Eight, little- V, three, E, six, S. Oh, shit. Right? Four. He touches four. Son of a bitch. Four. V E not S. Not S. Ves Veskahip. <laughs> yes! Right? So I think it's something that they filmed and then they must have later put in and decided to do that. No, he smiles. They know. Then v- why don't they make v- the keys look the same? V E M N O. V E Ven Venler Venlip. Venlip. That's what he typed in. You're right. Venlip. He types in Venlip. Do you know why he does that? He does that because you can't see the other buttons and you have to see him press those buttons, I feel like. I'm just so mad, though. Like, it would have been trivial for him to push the right buttons. And now you understand my anger at Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom because this is the kind of shit that upset me. It was trivial for you to just film it the right way. Why did you film it the wrong way? Anyways, that's our show, guys. Good night. This, if you stayed along, I'm gonna give you a big pause. And if you stayed along uh, for us to listen to this, congratulations. Because this is like eight minutes after I'm gonna give like eight minutes of silence and then like bring this on. And if you hear this conversation, <laughs> fantastic. If you hear this conversation, text me the number 11. No, text me 007 and I will send you some caramel corn. Here we go. If you have my phone number, text me 007. Have a great night. I'll see you guys later. Bye. <laughs>